Yes, hello folks, welcome to BTP. I'm your host as always, Phil Brown, and a joint BTP Football CFB production. Of course, joined with my regular co-host here, Cal McFadden. And as I always say, delighted to be joined with BTP alumni, the magnificent David Amayal, unrivaled David Amayal, of course, he has his own fantastic podcast, Kelsey Land, here to talk to us about Syria and what we can expect in the transfer market this summer. So let me welcome my long and good friend to the show, David Amayal. How you doing, mate? I'm doing great, Phil. So it was wonderful to speak to you, my friend. Thank you so much for having me on your show. You've had an amazing streak of guests, yes. Yeah, recently, I'm not sure if I put one, but I'm uh, thrilled to talk to you. Well, you're one of them. Thank you so much, Dave. You know how much work we put into these shows off ours and getting good content. And, uh, you know, we're quite fortunate that we enjoy good contacts in this business. And, you know, to see what yourself has went on to achieve and some other people that we've had on the show it's brilliant to see guys like yourself doing so well tell me uh tell me a little bit about your own podcast before we get started dave what's new with calcio land what have you been up to so uh calcio land you know we cover settings we try to throw in a little pop culture here and there i have to say it's been a lot easier to do now that games are back yeah. In Italy, we've uh, continued to do podcasts throughout all this, but it certainly is a lot easier uh, with games. So, like, real fast, I just want to thank everyone in Italy. Like, I realize because we have a games back, a lot of people made sacrifices for that. You know, not just nurses, but people who stayed home quarantined. And thanks to those sacrifices, it's awesome to have games back, and it makes the podcast a lot easier. I, I can't echo that sentiment enough. I had a guy, I was interviewing a guy last week who uh, was a boxer, and his wife was a nurse on the front lines. And I just cannot emphasize enough how much we owe these amazing people and continue to owe them as, of course, this virus continues to run ragged in America, unfortunately. Dave, before we get into the transfers, uh, I want to ask you about uh, Serie A. I watched the Milan-Juventus game. Interesting game. Cristiano Ronaldo misses a penalty. This is not the Ronaldo we've seen in previous years. Juventus have a salary cap. I just wonder, is there a temptation on Juventus's part to say, if a big offer came in, maybe Ronaldo would be sacrificed? That's a great question. I mean, I will say, I think it's uh, it was a missed penalty, yes, but I think it was an unbelievable save, too. And uh, Ronaldo, before uh, this break, was really on a great scoring streak uh, for Juve. But you are right. Financially, Ronaldo costs Juve a lot of money every year. It's just his salary uh, before taxes is $60 million. On top of that, you add his amortization. So it's definitely a big... Uh, to swallow, but he has done his part in uh, the Champions League. Uh, I think Juve has done you know, a lot of branding around Ronaldo. I still think it's more likely than not he'll be at Juve at least one more year, but you are right. It is a big, big number for Juve at a time where they have to be very careful. One of the players I want to ask you about, Dave, is Herving Lozano. Napoli have had a, a sort of up-and-down season um, this year. He is rumoured to have fallen out with Gattuso. Do you think he'll have a future in Serie A or should he be moving on this summer as well? No, I think there's a very good chance uh, he'll leave He really hasn't fit in. And this was with two managers, which is uh, what would concern me. It was first with Ancelotti and then with Gattuso. He's really been in Gattuso's doghouse, um, very low in the pecking order. There was even thought he wouldn't even be selected for today's uh, 
Coppa Italia final. The only thing is Napoli did invest a lot of money in him. In this market, it would be pretty hard to get a big offer, but I think they would be more than happy to try to loan him to a destination where he can get his value up and maybe... It works out, and the team that gets him uh, ends up wanting to keep him long term. Dave, let me ask you about your about uh, Juventus. Uh, I, I was going to ask you about Rabiot, uh, Ramsey. Uh, what is going on with them? Because I think you were mentioning before. I thought maybe I'm, I'm reading it wrong. I thought you mentioned something about this before. But uh, what's the situation with Rabiot and Ramsey? Could they be leaving Juventus this summer? You know, what's really interesting to me, Phil, is I think in the past two years, we are starting to look at what we used to refer to as free transfers yeah. in a very different light, especially in Italy, right? Because you look at Pirlo, which is arguably as great, uh, you know, Bosman-free signing as you could get. Or look at what he did at Juve. But after that, you look at Emre Sean goes to Juve, very big salary, ends up going to Borussia Dortmund. They signed last year Ramsey and Rabiot on very big wages, and as we just mentioned before, Juve is very concerned about their wage bill. So these are players that, although you don't pay a transfer fee, are definitely hurting your bottom line. I think Ramsey has played pretty well when he was healthy, but surprise, surprise, <laughs> that's not that often. Yeah. And Rabiot, I think, has been overall a disappointment. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see Rabiot on a Premier League team. For Juve, at least, you know, they can make a profit. They didn't invest the transfer fee. They don't have to worry about an amortization there. So Juve starts looking at these moves more as financial and good and bad because the wages are high, but they can't turn a profit. And I think, you know, if there was a pretty good offer from someone in the Premier League for Ramsey, I think they would be open uh, to moving him as well. Just how impressed have you been this season with Latoro Martinez and how crucial will he be for Inter Milan if they can keep him to potentially push next season? Because this season, I would say, in my personal opinion, I think they've just had a few too many draws to challenge Juventus this season in Lazio. Yeah, I've uh, been very impressed with Lautaro even before uh, this season. What's really stood out to me is, you know, he's the type of striker that uh, even when he doesn't score, does make uh, an impact on the game in a positive manner. And I think him and Kukaku have been a very nice duo. You know, it's refreshing to see teams with two strikers, especially in Serie A, and having a nice duo uh, like that. I know now there's been a lot of buzz. Lautaro being distracted and not performing well because of the rumors with Barcelona and maybe there is something to that but overall I've been uh, very impressed with him. Um, the bottom line is Inter doesn't need to sell him. Uh, there is that exit clause of 110 million euro which uh, you know in this market with the pandemic is really a ton of money. Uh, my guess is he ends up staying at Inter unless they can work out a deal with Barcelona where they pay a big amount of money with a player in the deal. I don't. I wouldn't expect Lautaro to go to any other team uh, than Barcelona. I think the Messi thing is definitely very attractive to him. Dave, I want to ask you about some things going on at Milan. Uh, it appears that uh, Ralph Ranić has agreed the deal to take over at Milan. The big question was what would be his role. It would appear that he's coming in there as the manager. Um, is that deal? Does that deal complete? And. Uh, what should we expect with uh, Ralph Ranić at Milan? So it, it looks uh, 
pretty likely that it's going to happen. If I have to put a percentage on it, I would say 75, 80%. Again, you know, this is a very weird <laughs> time uh, in the world, but it looks more likely than not. And I agree, it does look, if he comes, it'll be on a dual role. This will allow Milan to offer him, you know, a salary that would be attractive for him to take over a situation, which, let's be honest, is not an easy situation to say the least. And uh, look, this is the fourth year in a row where Milan's going to have a new person in charge of their transfers, a new manager once again. But when I look at uh, his track record of, you know, discovering players, selling them for profit, finding their replacement for a fraction of the cost, I mean, that's exactly what Milan needs to do, right? So I think it's uh, also being honest with the fans and if you bring him in to do that. So I have to say I'm cautiously intrigued by him you know it's always year zero at Milan but this one does seem to make sense another club that really intrigued lots of people throughout Europe is Atalanta last season as we know they finished third their highest ever finish qualifying for the Champions League they've adapted well to that to that standard of football they're sitting in fourth place at the moment do you fancy them to hold on and, and get another year in the Champions League next season yeah, I do, and it's uh, pretty remarkable. I mean, I thought last season, you know, you could have said everything worked out their way. They had, they certainly had a nice team. They, they're the, the most uh, fun team to watch in Serie A. They have a great offensive weapon, but I didn't expect them to uh, be able to repeat, and they do, they've absolutely improved on last season. They are the Italian team doing the best in the Champions League. They will be in the quarterfinals. It's uh, really pretty remarkable and they've maintained pace and said yeah you have to give credit to them in this last summer they did improve their depth they continued to do that in january they're a very well run club uh, they've already made a small small fortune on kuzevsky they sold them before the pandemic a player that wasn't even on their squad 40 million coming in uh look at how well they're run you know things w- went their way but you know sometimes uh, the luck goes to the teams that work hard so good for them i think they are with Lazio, the best story in Italy, without a doubt. I want to ask you a question, Dave, you've never been asked before. Um, what do you think Milinkovic Savage... No, I'm only joking. <laughs> no, I want to ask you about young Sandro Tonali. You can answer that question, but I want to ask you about, honestly, Sandro Tonali, because lots of rumours that he could be on his way to enter. Uh, magnificent young talent, uh, a young kid that uh, when I saw some of the praises being quoted, I couldn't believe how cheap was allegedly he could go to enter. But you can also answer the Mankovic Savage question if you want. But uh, Sandro Tonali also. Sure. Well, uh, you know, interestingly, yesterday was the fifth year anniversary of last year signing of Mankovic Savage. It's been fantastic. It's been my favorite player. You can listen to the first episode of my podcast over three years ago. We were talking about him. Uh, He's awesome. What can I say? I think though Lazio, and the same is true for Immobile, who has been linked to Newcastle for big money. I I totally get how someone from the outside, they look at Lazio team that hasn't been in the Champions League. You know, someone from the outside would say they're not even the biggest team in their city, but they're a very well-run team financially, Mm -hmm. very stable compared to the rest of Serie A. And, you know, a lot of players love living in Rome. So I think, you know, this season, if Lazio were to win the Scudetto, and it will be hard in this format with games every three days, that seems to really favor Juve. 
if they win the title, I could see him leaving. But if they don't, I could see him saying, you know what, we're going to bring the whole team back one more season and try to do it right. And in Lazio's mind, they probably think that the pandemic not happened. They probably would have won the title. And I think that's kind of fair. What about Sandro so, Tonali? Uh, yeah, great. And for now, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'm with you because I have to say, I'm not someone who gets that excited about young players. I have heard so many times about these yeah. great Serie B, second division midfielders. They're the new Verratti. I heard that a million times. Yeah. Tonali is the real deal. He's just not like Pirlo. And, you know, they look alike. They both are fresh. You yeah. kind of don't go in that mindset. But he's a really uh, good player. And uh, I think it's almost certain he'll stay in Serie A. Inter are the favorites now. And what's interesting is he could absolutely start at Juve and at Inter. They, especially with the way Ericsson left. On Saturday, you could say he's almost a luxury signing, and I would say he's the third midfielder in a row that they signed that could start at Juve. So, good for them. He's really impressive. I think him and Zaniolo are going to be the two big Italian stars for a while. Having you on the show, Dave, I want to ask you about a player who I absolutely love watching, but I'll be honest with you and say that I'm surprised he's still at the club he's at, and that man is Domenico Berardi. I know he's done so so well it's a swallow, but are you surprised he's never really taken the plunge to move on because he's a player who was considered one of the most promising young footballers when he got into Serie A? And, and since then, I, I, to be honest, I expected him to have made a move by now. Yeah, you know, he's fascinating. And it's amazing that Berardi has been in our lives now five, six years. And I think he's only 25 and maybe even younger uh, than that. And he's been in our lives for a while. And when he came up, a lot of people said this is the Italian version of Robin. He has a great left foot, has that sort of style of play. But instead of becoming Robin, I would say he's become like a little bit like Di Natale at Udinese, who never wanted to leave. Now, I think uh, Di Natale is definitely a notch above maybe two as far as a player. Uh, but it's kind of similar. Like he's very comfortable at the Swallow. Interestingly, his former manager, Di Francesco, who was at Roma when they made it to the semifinal, always said that he was very shy and very reserved. And he could have gone to Juve many times, turned it down. Uh, now he's at the age. It'll be interesting to see if he moves on. Uh, Sassuolo's president, um, who was close to recently passed away. So I could, if you put him on a team like Atalanta, it would be fascinating, or even Lazio. I'm not sure if he has the makeup for Juve, Inter, or Milan, but on a team like that, he'd be really fascinating. I want to ask you about another team in Rome, Dave, because uh, <clears throat> a couple of moves happening there. It looks like Pedro is going to snub Chelsea and go to Roma. Uh, they also want to make, of course, the Chris Smalling move permanent. First of all, I, I genuinely think these two are made for each other. It's brilliant to see Smalling so happy. He's such a, a lovely guy, a really, really nice man. And he seems to be really enjoying yeah. football in Roma. Uh, and, and I think it's great to see young British players moving abroad. I know Smalling's not young, but you see, it's good to see British players now looking abroad. You see, we're actually young as well. Um, do you think he stays at Roma? And uh, do you think uh, Pedro ends up there? Yeah, I think Smalling, uh, oh, very likely he'll stay at Roma. Now, look, you know, because of the pandemic and all, I'm not sure, you know, if it would be a transfer fee or if Man United, you know, they try to negotiate something with Roma. Um, but I, I would expect that one way or the other, Smalling likely to stay at Roma. And I'm with you. It's a perfect fit. 
Yeah. Uh, you know how the club is all about socially, what they represent, and yeah. he's fit in, he's led in the city, he's done well. If he goes back to the Premier League, you have uh, there's no guarantee that uh, you know it would be the same. So yes, and as far as Pedro, you know it's interesting. Roma, uh, they are about to change sporting directors. The, I would say the pandemic. If there's a team in Italy that was really hurt by it, the most was Roma because the club was about to be sold, and with the pandemic, they couldn't agree to what the value was of the club post pandemic. So. The owner that had to put a big cash infusion was thinking he was going to sell the club. So it's hard to say. Uh, the sporting director outgoing really wanted to bring Pedro in and say, you know, he's a free signing. Yes, big wages. But Roma, you know, like any club in Italy now is conscious of the wages. But I think there's a decent chance that, that happens. And I think it'd be a really nice fit there at Roma. Dude, sorry, just to follow up on that. Sorry, Callum. Do we got also signal that if Pedro comes in, Clever could possibly go? And with the financial issues at Roma, does that put Zaniolo's future on that? Yeah, I think Clever, I think Roma is going to make some changes at the window position. They have Clever and Under that they can make, you know, those players because they're so young yeah. and ha- still have promise, they could make a profit there. It would shock me if both of them go. I know there's been some talk with Mkhitaryan, who also wants to stay at Roma, and I think he may be even slightly more likely than falling he stays. Uh, yeah, I think both could be available. And, you know, Clyvard is still, still considered a, a good prospect. He's young. I wouldn't say he was successful in Serie A, and they can make a profit on him, so possible. And, yeah, because of the non-sale of the club, it's not completely out of the question that Zaniolo is sold in an ideal world. You know, he's coming on with an injury at Roma. He's very well settled. He's a starter. There's the Euro next year. In a perfect world, you think he stays one more year and then is sold, but you never know with Roma's financial situation. It really is pretty dire. Mm. It wouldn't be a summer transfer window without us asking you about Koulibaly. With Napoli and the situation that they're in, they're sitting sixth at the moment. It's looking increasingly unlikely that they'll make the Champions League. Do you think this could be the summer that they decide to cash in and get as much money as they possibly can, especially post-pandemic? Yeah, it's a great question, and I think the Champions League is a valid point because they won't. It's almost guaranteed they won't be in it. And a, it's for Koulibaly, who is 29, a season out of the Champions League is not great financially. Take a hit, kind of like Lazio, though Napoli are in a good position, and uh, their sporting director came out and said that Koulibaly is like a vintage car. So even in a pandemic, his value is the same, and. Uh, <laughs> Laurentiis, the president, that, that, look, you know, we have him on the contract a few more years. He loves it at Napoli. I don't think he would ever, you know, really push to leave, but they left it at that, you know, if a really good offer comes in and Fulibali agrees, then it's a big enough package. Again, the vintage car and Napoli, even with no champions, like I would say, are in, in dire need of money. But again, he's 29. He this is by far his worst season in Serie A. And, you know, he was having off the Africa Cup. It's possible that was it. You could make a case that it makes sense for them to sell. I mean, they bought Manolas last year, and a lot of people thought that that was Napoli starting to prepare for life after Koulibaly. So I think if a huge offer comes in and Koulibaly likes the fit, 
uh, you are right, this could be uh, the summer, but I don't expect Napoli to undersell. Um, that's the other wrinkle to it. Dave, I know you've been so generous with your time. I, do, I would like to keep you a lot longer. I want to ask you a couple of other quick questions before you go. Uh, I, I, let me ask you about Arcadius Milik, of course, another uh, Napoli striker. What is his future? Lots of speculation there um, with, with, with regards to Milik. Yeah, I, I like Milik. I'm a fan. I think uh, all too often we talk about maybe his shortcomings. He's a complete striker. He's had two big injuries, but when he plays, he produces also great. But that piece is he has just one year left on his contract at Napoli. It doesn't look like he's going to extend. Uh, Mern today, as we speak, his extension was made official. They signed uh, Petania from Spalu. I think it's a very underrated striker, so I think uh, time's up for Milik at Napoli. They want uh, you know, a big offer. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> Juve are also interested, but I think Juve for next year. And it would be interesting because uh, Napoli has signed Milik to replace Higuain when he went to Juve and maybe now he goes to Juve next season. Uh, Spurs, though, could be a team for him that I uh, would watch. I think Chelsea are out, obviously, with Warner, but uh, Spurs could be... Uh, pretty good fit. Uh, Napoli and Spurs seem to have a pretty good uh, relation. So I would look at that and uh, in the summer and if he goes into as a free signing, I could see him at Juve. But uh, definitely an intriguing player. I like Milik and I'm curious to see what he'll do uh, at the end of the season. Calm, left. Very quickly. Yep. Yeah, very, very quickly, Dave. Um, Mario Balotelli. He went back to Brescia. We know <laughs> it was a dream move for him. It turned into an absolute nightmare. He's left the club. Where do you think he's going to end up? What a what a sad ending. Malotelli still only. Uh, how sad! But you know, he goes to his hometown club, and you know, I don't really want to make excuses for him. He's, yeah, he's had uh, some bad things happen to him, no doubt. I don't want to minimize him at all. Brescia's president, Celino, Leeds fans, you know, remember him. He's quite the character, and he certainly has not made the situation. Better, but I think at the end of the day, you know, Balotelli needs to own his career, and I think he's more interested in being a celebrity uh, than a footballer. So I think, you know, maybe we see him at a league like Turkey, maybe we see him in MLS. I'd be curious to see if maybe he does like a Jovinko and reinvents himself, but again, he'd have to be into it. But I think, you know, the time of him in a big European league. That's tough. Uh, yeah. So a sad ending. I think him a flunking out at his hometown club, which a lot of people could have seen coming, makes it even sadder. Dave, it's quick, 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 quick one. Alexi Sanchez, does he stay in Italy this summer? I don't know. I think I suspect he's going to stay at Inter because I think for Man United, just keeping the weight, the big wages off, he's not a fit there. He's actually been pretty good uh, at Inter, and Conte trusts him. So my, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that loan gets extended. I wouldn't either. Dave, there's so much I didn't get to ask you, but I want to ask about Benasser. So many other things I want to ask you about, of course, the Copa Italia. But you've been so calm with your time. We wish you all the best. I'd love to get you back again real soon. Great work with Calcio Land. Great work with Alex Goldberg. He's doing his own fantastic stuff. It's always so brilliant to have you on the show and to hear you're doing well. Thanks very much, Dave. Much appreciated, mate. Thank you. I love you guys. Thanks so much for having me on. I had a great time. Keep up the great work. You too, buddy. Cheers, Dave. Thanks.